Welcome back to We Bought a Mic for our special coverage of Tribeca 2021. Tribeca at home. I'm Ernest. I am sci-fi thriller Hunt. And today we have an interview with the team from a movie called No Running. Mm-hmm. You got a chance to talk to them. Yeah, I got to talk to uh, director Delmar Washington and writer Tucker Morgan. Um, we had a great conversation about this film. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um the premise of it is that a black high school student uh, gets it's fallen under suspicion after the disappearance of one of his classmates. And the film kind of kicks off from there. It's a sci fi thriller. Um, and I, it really, really was effective for me. I liked it a lot. Very well done, especially. I mean, this is their first project and uh, Tucker Morgan's script is just so, so tight. Um I was just really impressed this being his first film. And this is uh, Delmar Washington's feature length debut. And I mean, it was just so impressive the amount of skill and craft that they have in this movie for their first film. All right, let's jump to that interview right now. here by Delmar Washington and Tucker Morgan, uh, who are here promoting their new wonderful film that I loved a lot, uh, No Running. Um, how are you two doing today? Well, thank you for Fantastic. asking. How are you, Hunter? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, first of all, I'm curious, uh, since this is the feature debut for both of you, um, how did the two of you meet and what was your process like in making this film? Sure. Uh, my name is Delmar. I'm the director um, for those who or wondering. Um, I met Tucker. Uh, I, I, came, I just came off of a short film and the producers of our movie actually saw the film and they immediately reached out and they said, hey, we have several projects that we would love to consider you for, for a directing um, opportunity. And when I read uh, the film No Running, written by Tucker, I thought he did a great job with reflecting the times of what we're um, unfortunately are, are being dealt with here in America. You know, we're, we're being faced with a lot of police brutality, um, social and ra- racial inequality and injustice and things of that nature, especially as a, a black man in America. And immediately I gravitated towards the script and um, I came on board. And when Tucker and I, when we met, we, we hit it off uh, for the most part. It was, it was, a, it was an amazing journey and amazing experience. And we, him and I, I felt like we, we shared a lot of the, the same common goals and, um, and messaging, you know, throughout, throughout the process. Tucker, I have a question for you because one of the things that I was particularly drawn to about the story mm. I mean, of course, race and race relations are at the core of what this film's message is, but it also is just a super tight and banging sci-fi story. Um, 
how is it for you kind of juggling those two things of trying to make a uh, very compelling and tight genre film while also trying to say something deeper about society and about race relations? Um, well, I would say I always go back to write what you know. So um, sort of a lot of the elements that um, are explored in the story regarding race, um, police violence, um, et cetera, is based on my own experience. So while writing a sci-fi story, it was almost natural, especially with a black lead, to inject the story with um, those underlying themes. Um, and also, as a black writer, I thought it was important to tackle those issues. Um, and the concept that I created was almost perfect um, for the black uh, to tackle like the black experience in regards to systemic racism. Um, with this kid trying to clear his name and dealing with the criminal justice system. Um, and I feel like creating a, turning into a sci-fi story made it more accessible to audiences, like all audiences, um, which I thought was important. Um, and yeah, that's sort of my answer. <laughs> I mean, aside from just the outwardly racist people that, uh, proliferate throughout the film and just kind of get more and more um, forward with their racism. One of the other things yeah. I thought was so well done was, and I don't know if part of this is in your script or part of this is in uh, Delmar in your direction, but the way that the microaggressions uh, are, show, are depicted throughout this film, like one scene that comes to mind is near the very end whenever um, Bettina Wilson, who plays Jalen's mom, goes into the police station. Her son has just been arrested for murder and you have the police being like sit down sit down you need to wait he has not been charged like this is a very very serious thing and just kind of talking down here i found that all like extremely compelling yeah um go ahead tucker go ahead well just before you add i was just going to say that some of uh, some of that is definitely written to the script and microaggressions based on my own experiences i feel like delmar and the cast really brought that to life with this confliction and these um, preconceived notions of this uh, Jalen Brown. Um, I don't know if Delmo, you want to add to that, but. No, absolutely. I think um, spot on, you know what I mean? A lot of it was from, you know, a lot of uh, our own personal experiences and bringing um, that along the journey with us while we were creating this film and making sure that it, it rang true and being honest and authentic to the process. Um, so when you see a scene like that in the, in the police station, um, it's, it happened, you know what I'm saying? It, it happened um, when I was dealing with my situation, you know? Um, and again, you know, there's a lot of personal um, experiences that are woven throughout the, the whole uh, film. Um. You just uh, mentioned uh, Skylar Brooks' performance as Jalen. I'm curious, what was the casting process like? Because there are some breakout performances, like just some people that have kind of give those type of performances that I'm just like, yes, I have season tickets to this person, whatever they're doing next, I'm all in. I mean, <laughs> Skylar comes to mind. Clark Vaca, who's only in the first act of the film, but she is just such a compelling figure on the screen and her chemistry that she has with Skyland is just, it's so real. Um, 
that what what was that process like finding the cast members for this project? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Clark. Clark was uh, an image of her dropped on my desk. Is you should and I saw her, and I was like, wow, her image just kind of laid. And when we met and we talked, I knew that she had the presence that although she's only in the first half of the film, I knew that her presence will continue to carry throughout and the audience will be able to stay connected, um, you know, with her. So my process in casting was always, I, number one, I wanted to find people that brought some sort of credibility, you know, to, to humanity, you know what I mean? That, that felt real and that brought a certain level of um, authenticity to, to each of the roles. Uh, Jalen was my first choice when I met um, Skylin Brooks, who played Jalen. Him and I, we immediately hit it off, you know, off the bat, you know what I mean? He, he reminded me so much of my 16 year old son, you know, being young and black in, in America, you know, you, I pray for him every time he leaves the house and, and I hope that he comes home, you know, without any issues every day, you know, and um, Skylin, he's living that life. Uh, it's unfortunate to, to say that, but you know, he, he connected to the character right away. Um, Rutina played a, a loving mother, Rutina Wesley. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about our experiences, you know, with our, with our mothers and grow, growing up and Shane West, who's a conflicted cop, you know, he coming up, he grew up in this racist household and he's living in his, the shadows of his, of his father's, um, pass. And he has to make a decision, you know, stuck between the crossroads. Like, do I continue to go down this line or do I turn a chapter, you know, try create a, create a new, a new ending for, for this town. Um, and that was very challenging to do, you know? Um, and then like, like you probably mentioned Clark and, and, uh, of course, uh, Taryn Manning, she was amazing. All these individuals for me, I was just truly blessed to work with them because they were the, you know, the season vets and I was the first time feature filmmaker and I am so humble to be able to, uh, to have had that experience to work with all of those, um, cast members. Tucker, I had a question for you because the score and the music and the song choices throughout are just excellent. Um, I think I heard some Amine in there at one point. I know the, uh, score is by Blitz Berlin. Um, but for you, did you have kind of a soundtrack playing in your head while you were writing the script or same thing for you, Delmark? Was this coming to you as you were putting the film together or did that all just kind of happen to come together in post? I mean, it was definitely collaborative, um, but I think um, the atmosphere was pretty well established by Delmar and it sort of matched that sort of mood um, and isolation that um, I created in my mind while I was writing. Um, so I think, uh, collaboratively it's, it's, uh, uh, pretty accurate to what I initially had, um, in my mind while writing. Um, I don't know, Delmar, do you yeah. have something to add? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I approached as what are these kids listening to into, you know, at these parties and, riding around what is Jalen's listening to you know I'll talk to Skylin you know Skylin actually have a song um in the movie that he wrote produced 
um, himself. Um, yeah. And so we wanted to make sure that it was, it was real, that it was, it was true, you know, um, and Blitz Berlin, they were amazing to collaborate with and they got it off the bat, you know, and they, and they elevated the, the film in my opinion, you know, there's always a, as I say, there's a movie you write, you direct and, and sound design, AKA score. So, you know, their score definitely took it up another, another level for sure. Um, I'm curious because despite being set in this very backwards town, um, it is pretty gorgeous uh, where you did film this. Was this in West Virginia or where, where did y'all film this? <laughs> well, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Uh, we actually filmed it in a small town outside of the uh, LA area. It's called Agora Hills. Oh, I've never so that, seen a part of LA yes. that looks like <laughs> California. It looks like that. Yeah. Lots of long lenses, but thank you yeah. for that. I appreciate it. Uh, what was your shooting schedule like? How long ago did you write this film? Were you just sitting on it for a year with COVID or how? How, how yeah. Oh man, it was it, this film. Um, I mean, most independent films, I'm sure, are a challenge, but we definitely had a, a, a lot of challenges, especially through the pandemic. You know, it was a, it was a point, a time when we completely shut down and everything was just crickets. And I was really afraid that this movie would never see the light of day. Like I thought it was going to go on the shelf, to be honest. Um, but you know, and we came back and we persevered and we. We, um, we continued, you know what I mean? Um, but we didn't have a lot of time, you know, to make this film, you know, uh, Tucker and I, we worked probably for a couple months, um, further developing the script. And then off the races, we, we were, uh, we were shooting, we had about, you know, 16, 15, 16 days, 15 and a half, 16 days to, to shoot the film. And then, um, then we moved into the post-production process, but, um, yeah, man, it was, it was definitely challenging, but we got it done. Um, and I'm excited. Um, I'm very, very proud of, of all the hard work that um, all the crew and, and you know, um, the cast members put in. And I'm really excited for everyone to watch it for sure. Yeah, um, I know you guys are running short on time, so I just have two more quick questions for you. Um, first of all, I mean, this is a question for both of you, but what were some of your inspirations while writing and for directing this film? Well, I always uh, turn to the movie Get Out. Um, just because of how he tackled um, uh, societal issues and racial issues um, in this really entertaining film. Um, it was really innovative and original to me. So when I started writing or writing, um, that's sort of what I was attempting to do um, initially with the script was to take this sci-fi story, but inject it with my own experiences um, and really speak to the Black experience um, and really unique and original way um so that was one of one inspiration for me yeah i mean i was trying yeah. to i was talking to some of my other friends and i was like trying to pitch them on watching this film uh whenever it gets wide release and i'm like it's get out with aliens and they're like oh yeah then <laughs> <laughs> oh good i'm not the only one okay yeah. <laughs> i love that get out with aliens here it is yeah and I, I would definitely um concur with uh with tucker on that one for sure and then also you know for me my inspiration is um you know it's, it's kind of symbolic too you know like when you look at the um outerly force within this film you question is it real is it not real what are the creatures doing are they here saving us you know what i mean like why don't people believe Jalen? and you know when Jalen is in the movie trying to explain 
what's happening. Folks look at him, you know, as being crazy, you know, it's bizarre. And um, one of the main inspiration for me is that it's unfortunate that when young black men are trying to prove their innocence, their statements come across as being bizarre. Is he, they might as well be talking about a creature because folks aren't, you know, really taking it seriously. You know, they think that it's, it's not real in a sense, you know? Um, so I, the inspiration for me at the end of the day is I, I want to shed light on other um, stories that are like Jalen's, you know, and bring validation and credibility to, to, their, um, to their truth. Um, I just have one last question for you. Uh, I've been ending all the interviews I've been doing with this. The podcast that I've been running, due to the lack of new releases, has been currently going through a Nicolas Cage career arc series, going through his filmography. So just off the top of your head, Delmar and Tucker, what are your favorite Nicolas Cage performances? Uh, Nicholas Cage, I would say. Gone in 60 seconds? That was that's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one. Okay. Is there anything particular? Mandy, he was in Mandy, right? Yeah. Uh, I, it was just uh, memorable, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just it's like nostalgic, like from growing up and being excited to go to this movies and see fast cars and all of that. Um, with Mandy, it was just like a really interesting, like visually interesting film. So it was like an interesting role and it's nice to see this depth, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Big fan of those movies. Uh, Delmar, do you have one? Uh, there's a couple, but Face Off. I mean, that movie. Can't oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah can't go with Face Off. Yeah, man, that was that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know that y'all are both very busy promoting your film. Uh, again, that's no running. Um, check it out. It is it's it's excellent. I really really enjoyed it a lot. And thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you so thank much. You so much. Thanks to the filmmakers and the team from No Running for that great conversation. Please be sure to visit our website at webottomike.net if you want to listen to any other episodes, interviews, conversations from Tribeca 2021, Tribeca at Home. Um, and you can also email us at webottomike at gmail.com with any comments, questions, anything, any thoughts. Uh, you can follow us at We Bought a Mike on social media, and you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>